Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. All right, the title of tonight's message, Lord, I, I got a question. So we have questions, and God got answers. And he also asked us some questions which is not going to hurt us none. But don't you look at those questions. Tom's the only one in here who listens to what I say. I can trust him. The rest of you is a problem. But that's really what we're talking about. A lot of times you see somebody and they're struggling, they're, they're discouraged, they're depressed. And all that. But what's, what's the problem? What, what's the problem? Everybody's got to have a problem somewhere along the line. Everybody's got problems except teenagers. Now teenagers got problems. They're the problem. <laughs> okay, we're not going to go there. And sometimes even little kids, they can, they can be a problem. But when they start learning how to talk, you start telling them to do something. Why? 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 Because I said so. Why? Go to bed. Why? Eat your dinner. Why? 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 We are inquisitive individuals. Now, there's nothing wrong in being inquisitive. Nothing wrong in having a problem and asking somebody for an answer. It's a sign of sometimes humility because you want to learn. Now, there are a few people that go through life and they won't ask anybody anything. They would rather be lost and go absolutely the wrong way than stop and ask somebody directions. Now, I will go a little bit out of the way, but then I'm going to stop and ask for directions. I remember one time, and this is the truth, I was wanting to figure out how to hit the golf ball straight. Now, anybody can hit a golf ball, but hitting it straight takes a special technique. You've got to hit it right. And I mean, when you come through and you're trying to swing it as hard as you can, and that little round ball, just any way you hit it makes a difference how that ball's going to go. Whether it's going to go far or short, or whether it's going to go toward the woods, to the lake, you know, all kind of high, low. I kept thinking, I'm hitting the ball out of sight, because I thought I'm just hitting this ball further and further. I'm knocking it clean out of sight. And then I went to the doctor and found out I'm losing my eyesight. I wasn't hitting the ball further. I just couldn't see it. And I thought, man, I am getting good. But I was speaking for Hank Lindstrom here one year, right here. And I got on the road and I was heading out of town. Betty wasn't with me at this time. And I, I stopped up the road 
And I thought, I'm just going to stop and hit some golf balls. So I pulled in, got my golf clubs, got me a bucket of balls, and I went onto the tee, and I put them down there, and I would swing, and I'd hit my golf ball. But I couldn't hit it straight. It would go that away, and then it would go that away. Then it'd go blip, 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 blip. <laughs> Every which way but right. And I tried. I got so frustrated. Now, I didn't know that there was a man watching me. But there was, there's always somebody watching you. Now, the biggest gallery I've ever had was three, and they were against me. Because we all were playing a foursome, and they, they're always against me. I can't wait till the day when I stand on the tee, and I'm going to hit the golf ball, and somebody hollers out as loud as they can, In the hole! I played with Bob Brooks, I don't know how many times, and he never said that. He always says, in the street, in the street. And it would always go out into the street. And uh, it was all covered Bob. He, he gets into your head. And I'll tell you about it one of these days. I mean, I wouldn't lie to you for anything in the world. Raise my right hand. But this guy came along, and he um, walked up to me. And he says, um, do you need some help? I says, do you think I need any help? He says, you look like you could use a little help. And I said, well, thank you. He said, no, don't, don't get me wrong. He says, uh, I'm a golf instructor. He says, that's what I do. He says, I play on the, on the tour, PGA Tour. He says, and I notice a few things you're doing, and I think I can help you. Man, was I glad. I was so glad, and I didn't have to pay him. And he stood over there, and he says, okay, now, now grip the club. And I stood there, and I gripped the club. He said, now, let me just see your takeaway. <laughs> I went back. He said, now, let me see your follow-through. I went through. He says, now, let's try it with the ball. <laughs> so it didn't matter what I did. That ball would not go straight. He worked with me for an hour. He finally looked at me, and he says, I don't know what it is. He said, I can't help you. He could not help improve my swing. That ball would not go straight. It didn't matter what I did. And I did exactly what he told me to do. Generally, when I go around and I play, I can play fairly good and I can hit the ball. But this day, I could not hit the ball. And the instructor, he finally says, I'm sorry, but I I can't help you. I said, look, I don't have any money to pay. I says, but can I buy you something to eat in the cafeteria? He says, you got a deal. We went into the cafeteria Boy, did he load up. <laughs> I mean, he loaded up. And so we sat down there, and he just started piling in the I said, you mind if I have a word of prayer? Oh, oh, no, no. So I had a word of prayer and thanked the Lord for the food and thanked the Lord for the free gift of everlasting life, how we can know beyond a shepherd out, we can go to heaven when we die by simply accepting the payment of Jesus Christ. You'd be surprised what you can pray in a prayer. <laughs> so I did. Anyway, it was interesting. And uh, so we started to eat. So I thought, okay, i got to get this to the gospel somehow. And uh, I said, do you know where you're going to go? He said, I'm Catholic. That's automatic. I guess you're going to heaven. I'm Catholic. I says, uh, yeah, but if you died right now, where would you go? He says, well, I'm not sure about that. I said, let me explain it to you. So I explained it to him. He trusted Christ as Savior. And... And he's sitting there, he, he began to cry. I hadn't said anything, you know, that would be tear-jerking at all. 
hadn't told any serious stories. He just started crying. And he looked at me. He says, I just want to thank you. He says, you don't know what you've done for me. I says, like what? I mean, share the gospel. Yeah, I know. I, I do that all the time. But this was more than that. And he says, this morning I got up and I was going to go find a place and commit suicide. He says, last night I found out my wife seeing somebody else. She wants a divorce. And he said, I'm just devastated. And so I decided I'm just going to end it all. He said, I got the gun in the car. He said, I was just driving down the road. And then I looked over there and I stopped. He said, and I just started watching. He said, I thought I can help that guy. I believe God will not let me hit a ball straight. Because that guy, he says, you saved my life twice. He says, one, by leading me to Christ. And then by explaining this thing to me. Because I talked to him about serving the Lord. And it was so exciting. Everybody's got a problem. Even the people who look at you and give you that Christian smile like everything's fine. You ever ask them, how you doing? Fine. And most of the time they're not doing fine. Because you're either worried about something that has happened, is happening, or going to happen. We stay like that. We're either coming out of a problem, we're in the midst of a problem, or we're headed into one. And those times of tranquility don't last long. Because it's all of a sudden, there it is. But when you have a problem, the problems are designed to ask questions. So I want you to take your Bible and turn there to the book of Matthew, chapter 7. Matthew in chapter 7. This is what God says, and it's right there in your notes. Matthew chapter 7, and I want you to look at this verse with me. Because it's so important. There's just three little words I want you to notice. You're going to have problems. You're going to seek directions. You're going to want doors to be opened. And look what Jesus said. Now Jesus is talking. He says, ask and it shall be given you. Stop. Ask and it shall be given. It means there's something you don't have, but you want or maybe you need. So he says, ask. Now God knows what you have need of before you ever ask, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it unless you do ask. Does God already in heaven know what you have need of? Yes. Doesn't mean he's going to give it to you. He says you have not because you ask not, James chapter 4. So yes, there is a thing about asking. That means that there's something you don't have. You're limited, but you can ask the Lord. And sometimes you'd be surprised God works through people. Have you ever had a problem and asked somebody for help? I was just talking to... uh, Steve Pasternak about the light thing up here, about how we can maybe get it to where it might work a little bit better. Because, see, there's some people who know how to solve problems. Uh, We've had a problem with the sound, the computer, the board, all that. Well, Jesse comes along, and he has some questions, but he asks some questions, and he finds out some answers and try to get things fixed. Everybody's got problems, so you've got to learn how to ask Don't be so filled with pride, you can't humble yourself and say, I don't know the answer. I don't know what I'm doing. Because sometimes we just don't know what we're doing. You ever have a problem on your car and you can't fix it anymore because it takes more than a a screwdriver and a pair of pliers and baling wire and, uh, you know, you got to, see, all the computer stuff, you got to take it to somebody who can understand it and try to fix the problem. Now, God says in his word in the book of James in chapter 1, he says, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. I mean, different testings. Because the testings 
reveal that there's something you don't know. So he says, if you lack wisdom, then come unto me and ask, and I will give to you. Liberally, in order that I won't chide you, I won't mock you, I won't make fun of you. But he says, an unstable man is unstable in all of his ways. It's like a wave on the sea tossed to and fro. God says, that kind of a person won't be used. So you have questions and you got problems and you were not born knowing everything. So humble yourself enough to ask the Lord. Now look at the next part of that verse where it says, and he says, seek and ye shall find. You see, God made the birds, but he already supplied all the needs of a bird before the bird came along. But God doesn't throw the worm in the nest. He supplied that bird with all that that bird needs to find that worm. But if that bird is too lazy and will not seek to find that worm, then he's going to die. And you can whine and pine, but God just doesn't meet my needs. He probably is waiting on you to go to work. Some people can't find a policeman for the same reason. <laughs> They're not looking for the policeman. I should say a thief can't find one. Whenever I went to Florida Bible College and all of a sudden we find out we have to have a place to live. Now I could have just sat down in the car and said, Lord, please find me a place to live. And then sit there and wait till he f- brings it to me. Or I actually get out and I see. I walked and walked and walked and walked and walked. Seemed like I walked all over Miami trying to find me a job. Just to find a job. But I didn't have anybody to fall back on. I had to stay at it until I found. Seek and ye shall what? It means you don't know where it is right now. God doesn't make you know everything right now. You've got to learn patience. But you've got to keep looking and keep working. And you open doors. God says there's doors that God can open and no man can shut, and he can shut them and no man can open. So you want God to use you. All right, you just be faithful, but it's nothing wrong in knocking on a door. Remember, well, opportunities, they knock on the door, <laughs> but they leave quickly. But temptation knocks at the door and stays there and keeps knocking. You have to learn what doors to open, what doors to close. You have to learn how to trust the Lord to open up. He says, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be. So you got these three main things. That pretty well, you know, boils down to the will of God for your life. is the asking and the seeking and the knocking. And you'll be surprised that if you'll do what God says do, how you can find some answers. But there's so many people that are too filled with pride. They won't ask, they won't seek, and they don't knock. And they wait for everything to come to them instead of going to whatever it is that you want. But do that and you'll be surprised how God will bless you. Now, look there in your notes. There are four questions that was asked by the, from the heart of Job. And the question was uh, very simple. Uh, he just um, wanted to know a few things. You know, things weren't going his way. <laughs> he was having a hard day. I mean, he could have had a hard week. He could have had a hard month or maybe a year. I don't know how long his suffering was, but it was for a while. And he had questions. Lord, I, I got a question for you. I got a problem. And it wasn't Houston and not, not NASA, but I got a problem. And so we have these problems. But understand this. Now, in your notes there, the next verse is Romans in chapter 5, where it says, Tribulation does what? Worketh what? In other words, it makes you Wait. It teaches patience. In other words, there's some things in life you can't make happen. You can't make it happen. 
And you have to wait. Have you ever gone to the doctor's office and have to wait and wait and wait? Tribulation worketh patience. And everybody needs patience, so God sends you tribulation. It means the hard times. It means when things don't work out and you've got problems and you're frustrated. You want to pull your hair out. Yes. And whenever you learn from that, hope maketh not ashamed. You're not going to be ashamed that you waited on the Lord. You'll never be ashamed for waiting on the Lord, depending upon God to do things for you. That means you don't have to take matters into your own hands. You can wait and trust the Lord. So here's the question that was asked by Job. We'll just look at it from the notes to save time. Number one, why died I not from the womb? In other words, he didn't have enough. He didn't curse God. He just cursed the day he was born. But I do think you need to see that. Look up back there in the book of Job. Back there to the book of Job, right before the book of Palms. If y'all find that, let me know. In the book of Job, look in chapter 3. But now look there also in verse 1. After this opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. And he says in verse 3, Let the day perish wherein I was born. In the night in which it was said, there's a man-child conceived. His health was bad. His wife told him to curse God and die. He lost ten children. Uh, he was having a bad day. Everything was going wrong. Did God know that everything was going wrong for him? God knew that. It was God's idea. What if God got up this morning and he says, hey, look, look down there. Hey, you, you see that guy down there? Look, there's, see that Warren down there? We're going to get him today. I'm going to let the devil get at him. And he gets out of bed and he ain't done anything wrong and everything seems to go wrong. One problem after the other. Did you know God can allow that to test him? Because God wants to prove to the devil he loves me more than anything I have given him. More than his car, more than his house, more than his wife. More than anything. So God could take away everything he has. God could even allow the devil to attack his body. Now, I'm not joking to you. It's in the book. And it can happen. And God doesn't have to ask you permission. Because he's God. And he can do it if he wants to. Now, a sign of true faithfulness is when you remain faithful, when it appears that God has let you down. And there's going to be time when you'll say, God has failed me. God let me down. I used to bless God out so many times. I don't do it anymore. I just wait a little longer. If I, whew, boy, I'm glad I didn't that time. <laughs> I did before. Now I think God was at me. Before I was ignorant. I ain't ignorant anymore. And that scares me too. But look what he says down in verse 10. Because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hid sorrow from mine eyes. Wouldn't you love to... God, don't, don't let me see any sorrow. Just let me have everything wonderful and peaceful and joyful. I just want a good life. And it seems like you have nothing but curses everywhere. You have arguments with your husband and your wife and your kids and your in-laws and your outlaws and your job and your health and this. Nothing goes right. And you can try to be as careful as you possibly can. And you can say one little word and then you think you feel so ugly inside. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Well, this is what God's talking about. And so, yes, you're going to have these things. But he says, why died I not? Was God through with him? God wasn't through with him yet. 
At the end of the book, when you see the end of the story, God gave him ten more kids. No, that wasn't a curse. He doubled everything that he had, so you know he had to make up with his wife, right? They have this thing called Job's daughters. What was it about Job's daughters? They were gorgeous. They were lookers. And you know when a man has a beautiful daughter, hey, they're going to have to pay to get this one. They have ten of them. He did all right, but he had questions. I looked at the next question. Look in chapter 14. Chapter 14. Chapter 14 and look in verse 14. Another good question. If a man dies, shall he live again? You see, the reason Job didn't have all the answers, you know. You see, he didn't have the Old Testament or the New Testament. How would you like to have been born? And you never had the New Testament. Wouldn't that be terrible? Look at the knowledge we would not have had. We would have had no answers. The Old Testament, see, you got the questions. The New Testament, you got your answers. And so Jesus answers all these questions, of course. But there's questions and there's answers. And that's why there's power in knowledge. When you learn the Word of God, you're learning the answers. People got questions. They got problems. And you want God to use you? Learn the Word. There's power in people's lives that you can have because you got answers. So he says here, All the days of my appointed time will I wait. Get that. Till my change comes. Now we know there's a day coming when we're going to all be changed. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye. But he was talking about, he says, in my body will even rest in hope. He's talking about the flesh. Now another good verse I want you to see. Just look in chapter 10. This one's not in your notes, but just look there in chapter 10. I'd write that scripture reference down. But in chapter 10, and look there in verse 9. Job chapter 10, verse 9. Remember, I beseech you, that thou hath made me as the clay, and thou wilt bring me into dust again. In other words, I came from dust, and I'm going back to the dust. And that's why I said the other day, this kid says, Mom, if we came from the dust and we're going back to the dust, you better look under my bed. Somebody's coming or going. (laughs) Then in verse 10. Hast thou not poured me out as milk and curdled me like cheese? Thou hast clothed me with skin and flesh, and hast fenced me in with bones and sinew. Thou hast granted me life. Who granted you life? God did. The right to life came from God, not man, not government. They're only to secure the rights God gave to us. And so, yes, there's a question. But look in verse 10 of chapter 14, where it says, But man dieth. And wasteth away. You know, the longer we live, we're getting older, we're just wasting away. So look there back at number four in your notes. How can a man be justified with God? Look in Job 25. Job 25. Job 25. There's uh, several verses that uh, we used to use here that talks about the moon and it shineth not, but it reflects the light from the sun, found in verse 5. But look in verse 4. How then can man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? If a man is born of a woman and he's got an old sinful nature, how can he ever get clean? How can you take and wash away your sins? How do you wash away this old sinful nature that we have? Only by a new birth. Only by a new birth. 
by trusting Christ as Savior and getting a new birth and then letting this one die. It's going to die sooner or later. It's kind of like, you know, here's a beautiful little lily. And I take a pair of scissors and I cut it. Now, this lily is dead. It's been cut off from the source of life. But it still may last uh, three, four, five days. Or I put it in some water. It might last a little longer, you know. But that's the way we are. See, we are like the grass of the field. We're pretty for a while. And then we're going to get old. And then we waste away. We're going to die. You can't stop that. As much as you fight it. <laughs> Just one moment. I'm going to fight it all the way to the grave. <laughs> In other words, they never give up. Sometimes, you know, uh, the fellow just let it happen. Whatever will be, will be. And the woman, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. And so, anyway, we'll move right along. Look there in your um, notes. How can a man be justified with God? Well, the answer, to be justified with God is to be equal with God in righteousness. This means that no sin can be imputed to your account. And Romans chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 talks about, Blessed is the man unto whom God will not impute sin. Look up here. Here's God and he's perfect. He's righteous. All of us have come short of the righteousness of God. How can man, born of a woman, ever be justified with God? Where God can look at us and see no sin where we are as righteous as God himself. How in the world can that ever be? So Jesus Christ goes to the cross, pays for our sins, in order to give us a new birth so that I could pay that sin debt. And his death became my death, so I died. But I was born again. And now I'm alive, and God sees my new birth, born of God with no sinful nature, and God sees no fault in me. My new birth is as righteous as God himself. In God's eyes, my new birth is perfect. I have been washed from my sin. Now, most people, they will say the word that they don't really get it and understand it. I hope that y'all do understand what I'm saying. Now, take a page and turn it over. Now, the Lord said, hey, I got, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. I mean, you know, conversations are good to have. God wants us to talk to him. And he wants us to talk to him. He talks to us. So the question up there is, if Jesus Christ would spend one day with you, there are some of the questions, or these are some of the questions that he might ask of you. How would you answer? Or here you are, you're walking along, just you and the Lord. And the Lord says, I got a question for you. Sure, go right ahead. I got all the answers. And so I got all these questions right out of the Gospel of John. As I was reading the Gospel of John, I said, that's a question. I just wonder how many questions he asked. Now, I didn't get them all, but I just wrote down the choice ones. And he was asking these questions. And most of the people never did give an answer, but he just asked the question. See there in verse 1, what seek ye? What seek ye? Remember, they had just been told by John the Baptist, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And they followed him. He says, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? You know, as we go through life, it talks about ask, seek, knock. What are you looking for? What do you want? Isn't it a good question? What are you seeking? I mean, are you seeking the finances of the world, the money of the world? Are you looking for popularity? Are you looking for friendship? 
You're looking for fame and honor and glory. What, what are you looking for? Don't you think it's a good question that if God was to ask you that question, what would you tell him? Lord, I just, I just want your will. I just want to do whatever you want me to do. That song they sing, I'm yours, Lord, everything I've got. I still don't know all the words of that song. <laughs> That's because I've never led the song. I hear them singing it. But uh, I'm yours, Lord. Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me